And he is praying for that oneness. That oneness. Now, now the question that comes to my mind as I examine this, this passage of Scripture is, what does that oneness look like? In terms of our relationship with Christ and it linking up with his broken body and his spilt blood. What does it all mean? And the only thing that comes to my mind is the reality that we, we, we ought to reflect the attitude of Jesus Christ himself. And there's no better passage in my mind that, that reflects this than in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. But the word of God says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with him, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in a fashion as a man, he, he humbled himself, that word in the uh, lesson, unto death, even the death of the cross. Now because of that humility, the Bible says God, now God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of the Father. Powerful word. Christ here is inviting us in this passage to have his mind, and his mentality looks like the verses that follow. He humbles himself. He, he puts himself out of the picture, so to speak, and allows the Father to use him and to endure the cross and its shame and all those things associated with it, even the, the weight of our sins. But as a result of that humiliation, God hath highly exalted Jesus and given him this name which is above every name. Jesus Christ is saying in John chapter 17, he wants us to be of one mind. He wants us to be connected he wants us to reflect him to the world. And this looks very much like having the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ will affect how we interact with individuals that we come in contact with. The mind of Christ will allow us to, to typify the hallmark of his character, which is his judgment and also his mercy. The mind of Christ will allow us, when we fall, as we gather here for this wonderful communion service, understanding that we, 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 are, we are essentially, for all intents and purposes, regardless of our background, failures. But through Christ, the Bible says we can do all things. And so with that understanding, we approach the throne of grace boldly, knowing that we can lay our concerns at his feet and receive forgiveness, for, receive uh, the, the healing of the mind, so to speak. The Bible says in um, Romans, Romans, turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Essentially, looking at the mind itself and having communion with God, the word of God says, be not, what? Conformed to this world. So having the mind of Christ is not like having the mind of the world, correct? Are you with me, saints? Praise the Lord. Be not conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now hurry back or hurry ahead back to uh, back to John chapter 17. Looking at this prayer that Jesus Christ is praying and now in the earlier parts he actually focuses on his disciples. And he says here in John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify, he's talking about his disciples, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We're talking about the mind of Christ and the need to have this mind that doesn't look like the world. The Bible also talks about the reality when Jesus Christ was addressing the disciples in his prayer that there is a sanctifying power that is associated with the word of God. A cleansing power that allows for the mind to be renewed, for the mind to grow in Christ. If we intend to have the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ, then we have to do what? Know his word. We have to know his word intimately. Many say that the, the word of God is a love letter to each and every one of us which it is. It reveals his character. It reveals how he thinks. Now lastly, in Jewish literature, oftentimes pieces of a section or pieces of an idea can be interchanged. The point is there. We see that in something called the chiastic structure in terms of uh, there are points that are given before and beneath the thought, but the highlight of the thought is actually in the middle itself. Yeah. They, they parallel each other, and they meet in the middle. Now, turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And we're reading from verse 4. And this is what Paul is saying to the Philippians church. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be made known before all men. The Lord is at hand. I still hear pages turning, so let me start over again. We found it? Have we found it yet? If you found it, say amen. 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 The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be made known before all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Then it closes in verse 8 by saying, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So in other words, whatsoever is good, put it in your mind. Dwell on these things. Not things of the world, but things of Christ. And as a result of thinking these things and having the mind of Jesus Christ and allowing the word and its contents to populate your mind, as a result, you will receive the peace of God, which is unlike the world. 
So situations and circumstances that would stress other individuals out and give them ulcers and all kinds of sickness. Because you have the mind of Christ, because you dwell on things that are pure and just and holy and of good report, and because you populate your mind and sanctify it through the word of God, they won't affect you as much. You'd be able to weather every storm. That's what the Bible says. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know you're with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me, even though all I see around me is death. That is the power of having the mind of Christ, which leads to having that sweet communion with Jesus. But let's look even further. It also says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. It is having that ongoing intimate conversation with God because all you're doing is thinking about him, thinking about his goodness, having his word sanctify you. And you will be moderate, as the Bible says which is another way of saying temperate. Are you with me? Um, the Spirit of Prophecy's definition of temperance is complete abstinence from that which is bad and moderation from that which is good. You'll be temperate. You will know not to be extreme. The only thing you'll be extreme about is the love of Jesus Christ and having his word dwell in your heart. But essentially, even good things can be done to an extreme in terms of um, the definition here. And then verse 4. As a result of having the mind of Christ, as a result of having the word of God sanctify your brain and your mind, as a result of thinking on things that edify, not things that destroy, you will rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. In other words, you will be happy. Now, now, who doesn't want to be happy here? We all do. We all want the peace of God that passes understanding. We all want the happiness and the joy that can weather any storm that comes only as a result of knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior and taking it a step further and having his word and the contents of his word be imbued upon our hearts and in our minds. And having that word translate into action, helping those around us, ministering to our community, to our neighbors, allowing Jesus Christ's love and compassion and understanding, even of the last days, to be permeated through us in terms of how we deal with those we come in contact with here in Belleville. You want to have sweet communion with Christ? Have his mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You can't go wrong with that. There are many ways to lead individuals astray. But it's good to know that we have his mind and we have the sanctifying power of his word to lead us to a time when there will be no more death, no more pain, no more sickness. Because we will be with him forever. We will no longer be chained to the weak and beggarly elements of this world. Having to struggle through life. But the hope 
that Jesus Christ provides us will be fully realized. And so my goal, and I'm sure it is yours as well, is to take as many individuals as we can with us on this journey. Amen, saints? Letting them understand that Jesus Christ is love. That God is love and at the same time that as we read his words, there are some things in our being, in our person, in our lifestyles that need to stop in order for us to continue along this journey. And it is with that mindset that we gather here today to partake in communion. But there's also a section that, 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 that precedes that. And that is the washing of the feet. And we talked about the mind of Christ and the fact that even though Jesus Christ was God all by himself, that he thought it wasn't robbery to be equal with God by himself, he still, in that moment, stooped down and performed a task that was deemed beneath him in Jewish culture. And that was to ask for the pail and wash the feet of Peter. Oddly enough, they didn't have nice shoes like we did and socks on them or other stuff. But they had sandals and they walked through the dusty trails of Galilee. But Jesus Christ went low and washed the feet of his disciples, demonstrating to us what we must do if we intend to display the mind of Christ. So even now as we close, we will transition into the foot washing. And then afterwards, you will reconvene here to celebrate Jesus Christ by laying our concerns and our sins at the feet of the cross, knowing that when we leave this place, we will leave here on fire to lift him up and to tell others of his goodness and his soon coming.